Hey everyone, Jordan here again for another episode of the Dossier Podcast. We are sponsored by our amazing friends over at Swan Bitcoin. You should definitely consider buying the dip with the best Bitcoin exchange in the world, Swan Bitcoin. And they'll give you $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up with my link, swanbitcoin.com slash Jordan Shaktel. Just first name and last name, swanbitcoin.com slash Jordan Shaktel. You can um, buy anywhere from $10 to $10 million. Um, they got the lowest fees, best security. Highly recommend Swan Bitcoin. Best Bitcoin exchange out there. So anyway, I was following the news of the day like everybody else. And okay, um, I thought... It's very interesting to see, because my background's in international affairs, and I wanted to see how the, um, the international uh, news media, the, the press overseas, and these world leaders would react. And as many of you are aware, spending a lot of time over the past couple of years reporting on the insanity that is COVID mania and how so many countries around the world, probably over a hundred imposed insanely authoritarian policies, depriving human beings of their inalienable rights in order to fight, supposedly fight this virus threat. And what I found interesting is that a lot of this stuff, um, came from democratically elected politicians. You, of course, had authoritarian nations, traditionally authoritarian nations imposing these policies, but you also had um, so many countries that had previously been ranked some supposedly the freest countries in the world, Australia, New Zealand, and such, and the Nord and some Nord even Nordic countries, that they were pushing lockdowns, they were pushing experimental pharmaceutical injection mandates. And it was quite shocking to me that they just abandoned democracy or, or some semblance of defending individual rights. The Roe versus Wade decision, which it, it's interesting when you, when you think about, it, it's so amazing how whenever something happens, that doesn't benefit the left, the left just goes totally insane. And they just, they, they strategically turn the volume up to 20 million. Um, but like his, his Roe versus Wade being overturned for, for even the most stringent pro-choice folks, it's not really that big a deal. I mean, if you really, if this is, of yours, you can just move to a state where abortion access very easily available. Like it's not like if you're living in Missouri, you can't just like go across the border to Illinois and get an abortion if you want one. So I, I just find the whole insanity, the protesting, the antique whatnot. All these crazy things are happening today 
as a result of this Supreme Court ruling um, that are completely unwarranted. And, and I think it's purposely enhanced by these Democrat politicians who need a win in November. They need to turn out the vote. Um, I, I think that you will definitely see a change in narrative. You saw a lot of Democrat politicians today basically calling for the harassment of the Supreme Court justices overturned Roe versus Wade, which again does not deprive anyone of their rights. Um, and it's based on this extremely contested political issue in the United States. But it, they, they want to make it seem like that there is a federal decision to ban abortion, and that's not at all the case. I mean, if they want to cross that bridge, they I think they would be openly advertising the fact that they want a, of abortion. But I don't think any of the Supreme Court justices, well, personally, they may um, be opposed to abortion. I don't think that there's any appetite on the court right now. This is my read to push the envelope further on the issue. I think that it's very much now a state's issue. Democrats are freaking out about it, but, um, and I understand it's hard for people to move sometimes, but if this is a passion of yours, you can move from one state to the other. And, um, I think this is great. This is great for a nation that's already very divided. If you don't want to live in a state that doesn't share your values, move. I mean, that's what I did. I I left DC. I couldn't take it anymore. And now I'm in Florida. So, I, I highly support people moving to where they're most comfortable in the you know cultural political environment, and it's just it's just ridiculous to me that that the left feels the need that they need to have control over everything. But I guess this has been the impulse for a long time, and and it's extremely troubling because you can't share a country with um, people that want to just divide and conquer everything. Um, but so I, I decided to talk about, cause this is the issue of the day. So I wanted to put my kind of my, a different narrative on it. And I thought like, let's see what's going on abroad. Let's see how the world's reacting. And it was of course expected unexpectedly or expectedly <laughs> rife with incredible hypocrisy. Um, After two years of supporting lockdowns, coercing experimental pharmaceutical injections, and pursuing other forms of relentless invasions of privacy and fundamental rights, uh, this quote-unquote free world has suddenly awakened from a two-year authoritarian hellscape and now they're condemning the Supreme Court's decision, which, by the way, a lot of these European countries ban late-term abortions already, so the hypocrisy is there. But um, a lo- these supposed free world leaders, um, they come from this globalist, very progressive worldview, statist, the you will own nothing and be happy, build back better ideology. And it's very much an ideology of uh, corporatism mixed with this like interventionist globalist idealism. 
And the folks that support that tend to be very, very um, abortion on demand oriented. So it's unsurprising that these world leaders, who I'll name in a second, are, are following these narratives. And then in addition to that, I don't know if you guys are seeing all these crazy, all these corporations are all, like, I saw Dick's Sporting Goods is offering to pay $4,000 for their employees if they need an abortion uh, in a state where there is no abortion. They will pay for their, I don't know how, what, what's going to cost $4,000, but they're going to pay for their way into another state where they can go get an abortion. Um, and I saw that there's so many other corporations that are somehow under the impression, um, and this is because the right hasn't really fought back on these issues in society. These corporations know that they can get away with just like bullying minority views. So they're releasing these press releases about how this is such a travesty. But getting back to these world leaders, it's amazing to me how they've just now claiming the mantle of human rights. Like, Like nobody noticed the past two years when the Australian government wouldn't let people leave their houses for like 50% of the time over the last two years, like literally not allowed to leave your house without uh, some type of permission. Um, and the, the first guy that I saw right out of the gate was Trudeau. Um, this guy is so sick. <laughs> he's, he's just, uh, it's unbelievable hypocrisy from Trudeau. Uh, the, the, the truckers protests, who, if you recall, completely peaceful protesters protesting for their freedom of movement, freedom to not take experimental pharmaceuticals, freedom for, for the choice to not, to not take these shots. Trudeau sicked his secret police on them. He put many of them on a list. He destroyed their... Um, livelihoods by like can't by by pressuring banks to to unbank them, and the, these people were completely peaceful the whole time. The whole truckers movement was peaceful. Trudeau said they're Nazis, basically. I think he did say they're Nazis because there was some government plant in the in the crowd one day waving a Nazi flag, as if that's like believable or something, but. Trudeau six the secret police on peaceful protesters prevents freedom of movement for the unvaccinated. For those of you who aren't um, familiar with the situation in Canada, Canadians aren't have for two years, not for two years since the vaccine mandate came into being, which has been about a year. They have been unable to use any form of public transit because it requires these QR codes that um, give you a, you know, a green check mark, like Chinese style um, authoritarianism, if you've taken your latest um, mRNA shots or whatever else is designated for approval. But for those who didn't take the shots in Canada, you are not allowed to get on a train. You're not allowed to get on a plane. You can't cross the border um, until very recently. I think they just lifted that. So these people have been Forbidden from leaving Canada, their businesses have been shut down. They've been violently assaulted by police officers for the act of peacefully protesting. And now Justin Trudeau has to weigh in on Roe versus Wade, describing it as horrific, which is just 
laughable because it's just like that emotional ridiculousness meant to um, bring about outrage. So here's the Justin Trudeau quote. He goes, the news coming out of the United States is horrific. My heart goes out to the millions of American women who are now set to lose their legal right to an abortion. I can't imagine the fear and anger you are feeling right now. End quote. So it's, it, this is just a p- political statement, but it gets much worse. So he continues and he says, no government politician or man should tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. End quote. Let me read that again. No government politician or man should tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. And this is the very man that has forced millions of Canadian women to take experimental pharmaceutical injections that are not at all beneficial to them. And even if it was beneficial to them, it's an incredible violation of their bodily autonomy. And Trudeau doesn't see the hypocrisy. He's just an authoritarian dictator at this point. And his, his view is like, screw you. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm virtue signaling my progressivism here. Trudeau continues, I want women in Canada to know that we will always stand up for your right to choose. End quote. I don't know what the abortion uh, situation is in Canada, but um, the idea that Justin Trudeau has the right to say that he stands for what women can and cannot do with their bodies is preposterous. It is laughably preposterous. Justin Trudeau is like one of the most, if you, if you were to examine the events of the last two years in Canada, there's only one possible, like there is no way that you could describe his reign as anything other than the behavior of an authoritarian dictator, authoritarian dictator. And that's exactly what Justin Trudeau is. Um, so, but that wasn't all, because there were a lot of people that had to weigh in on this insanity. By the way, if anyone wants to call in, I'm happy to take your call on this issue. We had our supposedly conservative Tory party member, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who, if, if you're familiar with the past two years of UK policies, Boris Johnson was just... Justin Trudeau with a British accent. He very much enforced lockdowns. He was completely hysterical about COVID, an embarrassment to the British people, an embarrassment to the legacy of Winston Churchill, an embarrassment. The entire British conservative Tory establishment is an embarrassment. The weak, soy-infused nation is just... Uh, if you're British right now and you associate with those people, you, you must be just like completely humiliated to be in their ranks. I have no idea what has happened to that country, but they are just fueled with hubris, a, a dying empire. If you've ever seen one, a, a, really a dead empire that's living on its legacy and has nice buildings and a, an impressive cultural and historical heritage. But, um, the idea the, the conservatives in the UK are a, a disaster. So anyway, Boris Johnson forces his citizens to take experimental pharmaceuticals. 
he has very strong opinions on Roe versus Wade. So he weighs in. And again, like, I don't know why all these foreign politicians are, are weighing in on Roe versus Wade. Like, does, do American politicians weigh in on abortion policy in the UK? No. Um, Boris Johnson says, quote, I've got to tell you, I think it's a big step backwards. I've always believed in a woman's right to choose, and I stick to that view, Johnson said. Again, the exact same theme as Trudeau. He believes in a woman's right to choose. Does he really believe in a woman's right to choose? Maybe he believes in a woman's right to choose to have an abortion, but he certainly doesn't believe in a woman's right to for bodily autonomy, because he utterly abused that. And Boris Johnson's buddy in Scotland, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, she described today as, quote, one of the darkest days for women's rights in my life, <laughs> end quote. Uh, the, the theme of extreme dramatic energy continues. Sturgeon has earned the nickname the power-mad COVID queen <laughs> for how she continually targeted civil liberties in Scotland, decimated the rights of Scottish people. The Spanish prime minister weighed in, and he said, quote, we cannot take any rights for granted. This is a guy that Pedro Sanchez, he's on the, he's on the left for sure. He continues, Social achievements are always in danger of being turned back and their protection must be daily. This is a translation from Spanish to English, so it's not exact. He continues, women must be able to decide freely about their lives, end quote. Spain has several rounds of lockdowns. Um, these lockdowns in Spain, if you're familiar with them, these were the type of you are not allowed to leave your house. Wuhan, Shanghai style lockdowns, they were very restrictive. Um, Sanchez said, women must be able to decide freely about their lives. This did not apply for the last two years. He's purely um, talking about abortion, but he won't say it because he pretends with this theme of the, you know, pursuing the mantle of, of, of the right to choose, um, Sanchez is, is claiming this as well. And then our buddy Emmanuel Macron, the French president, who I, I'd say he's, it, it's tough to really put him in an ideological box, but I guess the easiest way to describe him is he's kind of like this World Economic Forum stamp of approval politician with a with a with a smidgen of French nationalism edition. Um, he's a complicated guy, uh, very dramatic. I don't know if you saw that when he was um, he's wanted to to um, present himself as an intermediary between the Russians and Ukrainians, and he's been releasing all of like these dramatic. <laughs> photos and videos of him on the phone with Putin and he's like sighing and you're seeing him like sweating. It's a very dramatic Hollywood-esque 
scene right going on in, in France when the state media is capturing Macron's negotiations. So he's very dramatic. He's World Economic Forum approved with with a, a pinch of French nationalism. And, and Macron goes, quote, abortion is a fundamental right for all women. He adds, it must be defended. I express my solidarity with the women whose freedoms are being challenged today by the United States Supreme Court. Again, he says, women whose freedoms are being challenged today, which is very interesting um, because he was abusing freedoms. France infamously announced the COVID vaccine pass for its health workers and then several other industries. Um, France did the thing that you saw many European powers do where they um, wanted to up the numbers, the uptake. And the only way to do that, because there were a lot of rebels in France, there has been some heated protests over Macron's tenure. And he thought, screw it, I'm just going to mandate these things and force the uptake. So remember that the, the government is paying for all of these jabs, which don't stop COVID, don't really do anything, might make you pretty sick. And now he enforced it on the entire population, violated female bodily autonomy, every other gender that you believe in, (laughs) bodily autonomy. And he is the the chutzpah to say today that the U.S. Supreme Court is challenging the freedoms of women. The lockdowner and mandatory jabber, Emmanuel Macron, pharmaceutical salesman, (laughs) he is very concerned with the mandatory jab policy or not the, the, uh, the abortion policy. Um, again, if anyone wants to weigh in on these issues, I, I really want to hear from you in, in the comments or if you want to use the call in app to call in, feel free to get in here. Um, again, like for those of you who didn't catch it in the beginning, I think the Roe versus Wade decision has a lot of, if you want to hear what my political analysis is, um, I think it's a big win for Donald Trump. You know, this is coming from a guy who is a huge fan of Ron DeSantis. I live in Florida. Uh, well, so does Trump too. But um, I, I think it's a giant win. I mean, he's the one that appointed these Supreme Court justices that um, made it happen the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, I'm going to take a caller. Hey, George, what's going on? George? Can you hear me? Okay, George is gone. <laughs> I did not kick him out. I think we're just working on some technical issues. George, come back if you can. Um, For those of you who are not aware, there's a lot of, like, insanity going on in Capitol Hill right now. Um, As someone who lives in D.C., I would highly recommend that you do not go to D.C. right now. There will definitely be violence, and if you're a right-winger, you'll be extremely outnumbered by hostile people. 
um, not a good idea. Don't get into arguments in the territory of the progressive status. It won't go well for you if you just support this decision. Support this decision from uh, wherever you live and, and I guess, counter-protest there. Be much more peaceful. Don't do it in the Capitol. But anyway, I, I think that this decision is very interesting. I, I, there's a lot of outcomes. Um, first and foremost, it, it's a win for Donald Trump because he appointed these justices who made for the, um, for the outcome, for the 5-4 outcome. And it gives him a lot of momentum when we're looking at a presidential race and DeSantis has been absolutely crushing it lately. Trump has been keeping his head low. He's been facing a lot of hostility with the January 6th commission, basically arresting all of his lawyers and FBI raids knocking down their doors. And although that could bring him some political support, it seemed as if momentum was going away from Trump and towards DeSantis. Trump has a big win to speak of now. So things should get very interesting. Um, I don't know what his game plan is, but it seemed that all of these reports were saying that Trump was going to have to announce soon because all the momentum was going to DeSantis. But now it's a Roe versus Wade decision. Trump has very much energized his base of support on the right. And I think he's good to go to kind of hang tight until maybe 2023 to announce. Um, so it's a big win for Trump. I, I think on the left, you'll see a huge mobilization of energy because this is such an important issue to them. And the Democrat politicians will continue to fuel this until November. I mean, if you look at what the current, the current state of the economy is an absolute shit show. Uh, the Biden administration's running this controlled demolition on the energy sector. There aren't, there is nothing going well for the, um, for the left right now. I mean, the, the country, uh, economic, the economy, the society, whatever metric you point to, it, it's been pretty horrendous. So I would, um, I, I think that the left is energized by this decision, regardless of your moral views on it. I, I think that this is potentially going to help turn out the vote. And the, the, my third point that I'd want to make is that it, it provides a lot of, for those of you who think that it's important, the, the concept of federalism, this is a huge win. It's a giant win for you. Um, especially those of you, you know, who, who are living in Austin, Texas among, um, or, or, you know, or Miami. I, I think this is, this is a big win if you come from the pro-freedom side and you have people that just moved into your area for convenience and now are thinking about the possibility of going back to California or New York or Chicago. Um, I think that it's, it's great in this kind of like late Republic state that we're in to provide some federalist clarity that it, you need to be in a place and this, in my view, this applies to both sides. People need to be in a place where they can live comfortably within their culture, their political culture, their moral culture, the societal culture, 
And Roe versus Wade, that these policies will very much determine that. So I think it's just um, in, in the short term, there will be a chaotic situation. I hope that nobody gets hurt. But it, it seems that if you kind of just like sit down and address this objectively, this was, I believe even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that basically in her early days that Roe versus Wade is you know, not proper legal precedent. And I'll let the legal experts comment on that issue. But I think it's a, again, to summarize, it's, it's a big win for Trump. Um, it will build some energy for the left. And it provides a lot of clarity in the country. And, you know, the state, the idea that we need to, like, unify the nation is ridiculous, especially when one side just wants to take everything. So I think, good, people should live in places where they're comfortable. And that is that. And I hope everyone has a good Friday night. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it.